I do pay $80 a month for internet only, but I also work from home, so I need yeah. all the internet I can get. <laughs> yeah, mine's run by a hamster and a wheel. <laughs> uh, no, Eric's is run by a hamster and a wheel. Yours is run at least by like a guy farting along in like a Datsun 340Z or something. So. <laughs> Datsun. <laughs> hey folks, today's episode's once again brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial by going to www.audibletrial.com slash epic fails epic with a k i'm eric slater i'm justin aki i'm chris carroll and this is epic fails of history a podcast that delves into the most epic fails of um history now i am become death the destroyer of worlds the only thing we have to fear is Well, when the president does it, that means that it is not illegal. Epic fails. A great civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself from within. Ariel Durant. So did you guys hear about this story? Uh, apparently an ancient Gilgamesh tablet was seized from Hobby Lobby. What? Uh, how did a Hobby Lobby get an ancient Gilgamesh tablet? Oh, okay. Well, so, so uh, yeah, this thing was 3,600 years old. I, apparently, just from reading this article, it was stolen from a museum during the invasion of Iraq, ended up on the black market. And I guess someone in the higher ups of Hobby Lobby decided <laughs> to buy it. Hobby Lobby, a big player on black markets. <laughs> okay, funny story about that. They actually have a museum. They actually have a museum in the middle of nowhere, like Kansas or something like that. Because uh, the Christian fundamentalist owner has purchased a lot, a lot of Bible-related artifacts. Like, sometimes spending money without even knowing what they're trying to buy. I mean, it's been illegal Apparently. to export stuff from Iraq from, I mean, since the start of the war. Like, Iraq has been, you know, hit or miss, like, what you can and can't export unless you know the owner of Iraq, you know, which he's gone now. But uh, they've been scammed, too, because they bought 16 counterfeit pieces of the Dead Sea Scrolls. 16. They, they, wait, wait. I take, let me say, they bought 16 pieces. Eight of them were shown to be counterfeit. And then it turns out all of them were counterfeit. Uh, I mean, I guess their 40% off coupon was expired and that didn't work really for them. So, <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. It's just, it's just so weird. Like one story after another with this company. Like, what is their deal? Yeah, there's multiple lawsuits about their museum and the province of their actual stuff they have in there. So is it, I know that like you said, he's a the owners are a Christian fundamentalist. So I assume that all these artifacts that they're buying up are are biblical and Christian themed. Yes. Well, what's really funny about this is Gilgamesh uh, actually predates the Bible by quite a bit, and yeah. it includes a story like a prototype story for Noah's Ark. Basically, the Bible ripped this story off. So it's kind of weird that they would even be interested in it. You know, like it kind of like they want to destroy it to be like, no. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it sort of brings a few things into question. It's just a series of words you don't expect to hear together. It's like Hobby Lobby, Gilgamesh tablet, black market, <laughs> stolen museum. Like what the f they're going to spray live, laugh, love on the surface. <laughs> yeah, apparently Hobby Lobby's run by a bunch of Tomb Raiders or something. It's weird. Fundamentalist Tomb Raiders. 
so welcome back to Epic Fails of History. Uh, I'm Eric Slater. I'm joined once again by Chris Carroll. Hello. And Justin Aki. Hello. And today we're talking about the rise and fail of Rome. This is actually a subject I've been meaning to cover on the podcast for a long time now. A lot of my early blog articles were on the Roman emperors, and a few years back we did a Cleopatra skit where oh, Justin God. actually played Mark Antony, Jimmy played Julius Caesar, and Chris played a smelly peasant. Uh, <laughs> because reasons. <laughs> been typecast. It's the show you've all been waiting for. Dating through the ages! And here's your host, Harry Fields! Musical guest, The Crusaders! And welcome back to another episode of Dating Through the Ages. I'm your host, Harry Fields, and this time we have the last pharaoh of Egypt, Queen of the Nile, and alleged reincarnation of the goddess Isis, the beautiful Cleopatra. Here to meet our three mystery guests. I can't wait. Oh, and call me Cleo. Well, we won't keep you waiting for very long, Cleo. But first, we're going to ask each of these mystery contestants a question. And based on their answers, you'll decide at the end of the show who you're going on a date with next. Up first will be contestant number one. How will you deal with being betrayed? I'm a strong man. It would take dozens of men to tear me down. But it would only take one betrayal from a friend to kill me. Oh, how poetic and sensitive. Aww. You heard it, folks. Let's see if contestant number two can one-up that response. Well, you see, I've always got my bros back, so I don't see that happening anytime soon. Now, women, on the other hand. <laughs> right. Well, then, how about you, contestant number three? Huh? Okay then, moving on, contestant number one. How's your family life? Um, well, you see, <clears throat> uh, I travel a lot for work, and uh, my wife, ex-wife, um, no comment. Well, that's okay. I grew up in a broken home myself. You see, my older sister had her husband slash cousin strangled before she poisoned our mother. Then my father beheaded my other sister, Bernice, for attempting to kill my older sister when he was out of town. This one time after my father passed away under suspicious circumstances, I married my younger brother, Ptolemy the 13th, but that was more of an arranged thing. Contestant number two, how do you get along with your family? My family and I don't really see eye to eye, so I'm planning on moving away for some time. Contestant number one, what part of a woman do you find most attractive? Ambition, youth, and deep pockets. I love when a woman takes command, especially with a heavily fortified armada. Oh, wow. You guys are really into some unique assets. <laughs> I don't know if I can decide. It's like I have a history with both of you. Contestant number three. Huh? I... I thought there'd be food. Oh, oh God, what, what is that smell? Experience is the teacher of all things. What does that even mean? Is everything you say a quote? Julius, is that you? I came, I saw, I'm out. No way, Little Caesar's been asking about you. We'll have the link to that in the show notes. Uh, but I think one of the reasons we haven't covered this yet on the podcast is because it's a lot to cover. 
Like this is such a broad subject. Um, and I figured we just kind of needed to jump in and tackle it. Cause when you think about history, this is like one of the big topics, right? Like <laughs> sort of like essential, essential reading. Well, it's like the most influential empire maybe ever. I mean, I mean it's at least up there. If it's not, you know, of all time, it's, it's at least in the top five. Oh, without a doubt. We judge other empires by the fate of the Roman empire. Exactly. So yeah, we'll try to sum up things as much as we can today. Uh, hopefully won't be here for six hours. I brought enough booze for the class. We can be here for six hours. <laughs> the Roman Republic ruled from about 509 BCE to 27 BCE when it became an empire. I mean, that's 482 years. Uh, comparatively, we're really young and the American empire we have at 245 years. Really puts things in perspective. I don't I don't think we're going to catch him because I don't know if humans will be around in another 237 years. <laughs> Our mutant ancestors will live. <laughs> the American cockroaches will rule. If if you're including the Roman Republic and the Roman Empire, you're looking at close to a thousand years easily. Yeah, Rome was a was a thing for a while before they officially became an empire. It's it's kind of interesting because the Romans modeled their form of government after the Greeks, uh, and it's a lot like how our government was basically modeled after rome's so in a lot of ways you know despite 2000 years of technological progress rome during this time was surprisingly similar to modern society i mean they had indoor plumbing with the aqueduct you know their art architecture infrastructure they had taxes paved streets exactly they even had advertisements like sports events the gladiators themselves would sometimes be promoting certain products i believe that they might have been the first major society to have like celebrity as a thing that yeah, you know definitely. that were not related to you know aristocracy or monarchy or something like that they were just celebrities based off of their skills in a particular you know, skill set in this case would probably be murder, but um, <laughs> <laughs> just whatever. But but real well quick, said. the paved street sounds like you know, oh, that's cool, but it's actually a huge deal when you think about the amount of um, illness that that would would cut into because all the streets previously were just dirt with horse crap all over them. You know, you're, and, now you, now they're cobblestones with horse crap all over them or stones with horse crap, but you can clean right. that. You can't clean horse crap out of mud. Now when you're walking these around with your straw shoes. Like, in cities, too. This was streets to other towns. This, exactly, like, roads. You could take a paved street all the way from the, you know, the one half of the empire to the other half of the empire, and you'd yep. be completely protected. Exactly. And it's, and from what I understand, a lot of those roads are still around today, which is crazy. Yeah. they Well, I mean, they obviously don't look like roads in a lot of cases, but there's still areas where it's like, you know... God only knows how old that concrete is or that, that rock is. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're having two carriages be able to go side by side for, you know, 30 miles in one direction, that is an insane accomplishment back in 457 BCE. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I imagine that having having paved roads across all of Europe kind of helped when it came to, you know, moving like thousands of centurion legions, you know, across across uh, Europe back and forth. And I'm not sure how much of the road system that they created was actually paved. You know, not paved the way it is now, obviously, but generally was, you know, covered with rocks or giant slabs of stone or something like that. But at the very least, they, they made, they were like the first society that looked a step towards what we consider, you know, modern cities and stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah, and it's not just the fact that they paved the roads. They maintained those paved roads. There was a system in place for civic uh, duties and civic projects that were ongoing, like the aqueducts and anything that was actually 
built. It was not just built, it was maintained. They had people who worked on them on a daily and weekly basis, like our civil workers today. Like, they had trash pickup. I mean, n- name another, like, early uh, society that had trash pickup besides just dump it outside the city, outside <laughs> the walls. Um, and an interesting thing a lot of people don't realize is when we think of, like, Rome, we think of, like, those white marble statues. But back then, they actually were painted. Like, they were vibrant and colorful. So it's it's huh. it's just the fact that that's faded over the years. So we have, like, I don't know, this odd, like, kind of, like, view of their society. It's like we kind of just imagine this, like, sterile, you know, <laughs> white columns and all that. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, There's a lot more color back then. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking from an artistic point of view, they used uh, natural pigments. So, like, when these things were in uh, their version of temples and they'd be at outdoor theaters and all these statues would be all over, they'd be fully painted. But over, I mean, oh, yeah. the course of two or three years, they would just fade because this paint is not actually embedded in the marble. It's painted on top of it. So you got to think of exactly. they have weather in Italy. They have weather, you know, on the coast. <laughs> they have weather on these islands. Uh, the Romans did take over old Gre- Grecian islands. So, like, there is a lot of things that this paint would get stripped off or sandblasted or cleaned. And especially as this marble gets stolen and used in other, like, projects around the, the use, like, the paint would just disappear. So we apply our aesthetic from when we really started rediscovering these in the 1800s like oh my god look at the Mm. romans had these great statues no dude these were painted and they were god-awful and gouty because they really wanted to show off that they could paint these 30-foot statues of a dude with no penis (laughs) another thing that was kind of interested me was the fact that rome apparently just liked to like take other cultures things and kind of appropriate them you know like like the greek gods they basically <laughs> took all just about to say that like they the took entire the olympian pantheon <laughs> and then just renamed them like rebranded them and made them their gods so like there's a lot of that going on in this in this period yeah they rebooted them <laughs> they they're, not tra- the they're not transformers <laughs> they're gobots <laughs> <laughs> so uh in 44 bce Julius Caesar. Everyone knows Caesar. Yeah. They know what he was stabbed at the end of his life. But <laughs> you, you fail to realize he was declared dictator for life. That's why he was a, a very famous figure. Uh, and we all know how that worked out for him. Uh, well, in all fairness, right. though, yeah. In all fairness, dictators <laughs> did serve a purpose in Roman life. This is part of their process. Uh, they served until the end of a problem. So if you had a, a, a war or if you had like some sort of like economic crisis or some sort of like uh, crisis of the Senate trying to like get more senators in there or until mm-hmm. six months. Uh, then they would step down. I mean, that was the whole process. Like, hey, we need someone to take charge and they're in charge until this problem is done with. Uh, it was not intended to be a lifetime appointment. In fact, Caesar stepped down 11 days after mm-hmm. his first appointment. Uh, but he was brought back again because they're like, hey, you did such a good job in those 11 days. You figured this crisis out. We're going to bring you back. You're, you're now dictator again. Uh, this time you're in charge of appointments of senators. So he appointed a bunch of people that he liked and that liked him. And he ended up going through three more of these processes until he was dictator for life. And, you know, that that's how that worked out for him. Julius Caesar's claim to fame, of course, was his invasion and mass genocide of the Gauls and what is modern-day France before marching his legions triumphantly into Rome. Uh, so, yeah, long story short, Caesar is stabbed 23 times by a bunch of dudes in togas. E2, Brutus. Well, yeah, that's a pretty crap way to go. Because <laughs> the guy, most of the guys that stabbed him were not 
in any way, shape, or form. Although most people in their positions had previously served in some kind of military fashion, so they probably all knew how to wield weapons pretty well. But you're not getting like stabbed by an assassin who knows where to stab you. You're just getting like rage stabbed two dozen times. <laughs> no, you got to think it was also like a crowd mind, like. Yeah. Two or three people started stabbing, and everyone's like, well, if I get my stab in, then I know I'm on the right side. Yeah, it's a, it's so. a bit overkill. <laughs> that are like, I always wanted to get a shot in at this dude, and now's my chance. Augustus, originally named Octavian, uh, who was Caesar's nephew, uh, became Rome's first official emperor, and he ended up reigning for uh, from 27 BC to 14 CE. The Roman Empire was at its largest under Emperor Trajan, 117 CE, uh, and it stretched across most of Europe, um, about 2 million square miles uh, from the Atlantic Ocean to Egypt. But the following emperor, Hadrian, actually realized that the empire wasn't too big to fail, it was too big to govern. Uh, so he scaled back. Wait, was that the wall guy? Yeah, exactly. So that's where Hadrian's wall came in. Uh, you know, he literally put like a border in Britain and it was like, yeah, this this is too far. You guys are on your own. Well, that worked out well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, by the way, Emperor Trajan, we have a font named after him now. Uh, so if you ever see like a movie, that's, you know, try to be historical. Oh, that's, right. that, that's a font named after him. So there weren't just terrible people there, but I mean, they were all kind of terrible because the Roman Empire was terrible. Uh, Marcus Aurelius is often considered one of the best Roman emperors and the last of the five great emperors. I mean, he was a terrible military leader in the beginning and lost a lot of stuff, but he eventually got together and he did stop killing Christians. So that's a plus for the Romans. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of that was kind of a thing back then, you know, and it's, it's pretty ironic, as we'll get to here in a little bit, because Christianity eventually became, you know, the religion of, of the Roman Empire at a certain point. So yeah, you guys want to jump in and talk about the worst Roman emperors in history? Let's do it. There's of some really crap. Of course ones. we do. First one up is uh, Didius Julianus. He was emperor for less than a year uh, in 193 CE. There's not a whole lot to say about him, honestly, uh, because he was only in power for about nine weeks. He's William Henry Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the William Henry Harrison of the Roman emperors. He bit his way into power after the assassination of Pertinax, which directly led to the year of the five emperors and a bloody civil war that waged for years after. Uh, so if becoming emperor through purchasing the throne wasn't endearing enough, uh, Julianus did a number of things that made himself even less likable, uh, namely devaluing the currency. And ultimately, he was ousted and sentenced to death by his successor, Septimius Severus. Snape. So he got killed by a wizard. <laughs> Dude, like, how do you devalue currency when it's actually the gold standard? Yeah, like your currency is like the currency, as our as a gallon of milk costs like $17. <laughs> uh, one of my... I won't, I won't go so far as to say favorite, but maybe most interesting um, emperors was Constantine. And I believe he reigned from 306 to 337 CE. And despite him actually not being Christian, he was the one behind the Council of Nicaea in 315, which established which gospels counted in the Bible and later established Christianity as the state religion. Can we stop for a second? This dude decided what went into the Bible. Like, hey, you know what? This yeah. story not going in there. So you, we, it's it's interesting how the New Testament, you know, Jesus goes from like an infant to like a thirty three year old man, and there's no mention of anything else. Well, 
there was always this is why. Know, um, I, I'm not educated enough on the subject to know details, so forgive me if I'm like swinging on the left field here. But as I understand, there are books or were books that covered a lot of that time. Yep, the Gnostic Gospels. Because of this, and and because of you know things being destroyed over time, uh, because of people like this, it was uh, you know just kind of edited out. You know, and this is pre King James where they edit it more, but this is the first time yeah, somebody yeah. really decided like this holy text is, needs some editing, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, these these miracles don't count. What's what's really strange is that like he in a way, Christianity might not be as big as it is today if it wasn't for him. And at the same time, what's really what's really weird about this, well, I don't know if weird's the right word, but um, at the time, there was a lot of different versions of Christianity. And I guess there was maybe it was starting to really gain some traction. It was because of his mother. His mother was a Christian. That was like the whole thing, right? Is that his mother was a Christian and she was always on his ass about like, you know, you, you need to convert. You need to convert the people. And it was like there was some people that and I don't know that there's even proof of this or not. But there were people who theorized <laughs> that he literally did it just to shut her up, like to get her off his ass because <laughs> she was like in his face about it all the time. And as his mother, you know, he's not going to be like, you know, you're my mom, but I'll kill you. Now, if you're his wife, yeah. son, sure. Yeah, he'll murder them. <laughs> Uh, but not so much as mommy. Um, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a psycho, man. He, every, like everyone thinks Constantine, Constantinople, Christianity, Council of Nicaea, like those are the things he's kind of known for. He's not so much known as being like a dude who just murdered, mur you know, talked about the, the, the five emperors. Well, he just murdered the other four. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, I'm in charge now. Yeah, and, and Catholicism was like terrified of this dude. So either that or like they were impressed by his body count, like most of the saints in that era, but they sainted him. Uh, a guy who murdered his own wife and son and a bunch of yep. other people sainted him. Um, and then, hey, thou shall not kill unless it's beneficial to you. He was like, hey, <laughs> that wasn't there before I did it. That was I edited that in later. <laughs> so around 330. So towards the end, you know, closing in on the end of his reign there, um, Emperor Constantine moved the capital of Rome to Byzantium and renamed the city Constantinople, which would later, of course, become yep. Istanbul. Which is a long Remember, story. Remember, Istanbul, not Constantinople. Istanbul. <laughs> they might be giants. And apparently he actually was finally baptized on his deathbed, is what I've read. Um, and I don't know if that was, like, if he was even coherent at that point. But I guess, like, the people were like, yeah, like... We, or if he was just hedging his bets. Like, yeah, maybe. He was like, well, <laughs> like, All right. as well. <laughs> just cover our bases here. I murdered enough to my pagan gods. <laughs> Constantine's definitely an interesting character. You know, one one of the possible reasons that he made Christianity the state religion is because, like I was saying, there were so many branches of Christianity at that point, and there were there was a lot of infighting, a lot of chaos because of it. But he realized that if he just united it and was like, "No, this is what counts and what doesn't. This is the canon." Like, stop arguing. You know, I think that's kind of what it was. That may, I mean, I'm sure I'm, that that of course, like using it as a form of control over the populace. Of course, that's a factor. I mean, that's a factor in the formation of every single religion that's ever made it big. Is at some point when it starts getting adapted to masses, it's used as you know, at some level at least, is being used as a form of control. So I'm sure that was a part of it. But the the, the at least the old why tale of it is the mom going like you need to be christian he was like ugh, fine you know and i think 
that makes me chuckle. The other one's just sad because it's like you see it happen five million times and it's boring. Like that, who cares? Like, oh, you use religion to persecute people. Ooh, you know, <laughs> like how original. Yeah, I don't think anything is necessarily wrong with religion per se, but I think the real problems come in when you when you have church and state as one entity. That always leads to issues. And it's it's no different here, I think. So there's there's a another obscure one, but very important failure. Commodus, who ruled from 180 to 192 CE. Ironically, he might not it, be that obscure. M- more people might know him than most of these guys because he was the star of Gladiator, or one of the people in Gladiator. He was the villain in Gladiator. Nobody knows his actual name. Why doesn't the hero reveal himself and tell us all your real name? You do have a name. My name is Gladiator. How dare you show your back to me? Slave! Will you remove your helmet and tell me your name? My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. I mean, everyone knows him as Joaquin Phoenix played him in <laughs> Gladiator. I mean, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Joaquin, sorry. Let me rephrase that. So Joaquin Phoenix played him in Gladiator. Joaquin. I mean, <laughs> I don't read things. I watch things and read things. So <laughs> It's Joaquin. No, I'm just kidding. I know River. The more I read about Commodus, the more I'm like, man, Joaquin Phoenix really was the perfect person to play him. Oh, yeah. He was a complete screw up because he played it as an invalid who needed more. Now, forget even like the sex with your sister type thing. But like it was a whole situation because that was common back then. (laughs) Yeah, he he was a failure, though, because his his dad was Marcus Aurelius. Since you know the name Marcus Aurelius, that gives you a heads up like who he was afterwards. Those are pretty big sandals to fill. (laughs) <laughs> sandals and togo sir but i mean <laughs> he undid a lot what his father did because he wanted to stand out which was not exactly the best thing because his dad did a whole thing uh he also tried to rename rome you know the thing that's been around for at this point 1500 years he tried to name it commendia so yeah no that that didn't really stick after himself yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like his name in indiana he was literally like calling roman citizens uh comedonians it's like you live in me (laughs) it's just weird you know (laughs) you are my germs (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I mean he was obsessed with the gladiatorial games and even every single morning he would go and kill hundreds of helpless animals with javelins and arrows because he wanted to be seen as like a warrior and a conqueror he tried to protect like he wanted to be hercules you know remember they were still big on the greeks after what, 2,000 years of this stuff? They were like, oh, no, the Greeks were the best. We just, we just did what they did, but better. I wonder how many species he ended up wiping out just for these, just for this, you know, bread and circuses. Especially because they didn't grow, there's no, like, animal, like, farms to, like, raise animals inside the city. They brought them from all over the empire. I mean, at this point, 180 yeah. to 192, there was a big empire to pull in species from all over. I'm surprised they didn't kill, you know, elephants in the, in the Colosseums. But, I mean... Yeah. He even competed in the Gladiator Games, as we saw in the documentary with uh, what's his face, um, <laughs> Rus- Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, yeah, Russell Crowe and his yeah. jockstrap. I mean, 
they were all rigged and either his gladiators would throw the matches or he would fight against just like slaves tied together and you know murdered uh but yeah they would he would throw throw sand in people's faces and fight dirty and they fought he forced uh, the other gladiators to fight with dull blades or unsharpened sticks so also when he had a contingent of bodyguards with him so yeah you would not be able to get a, a straight f- hit on the on the emperor itself also, if just put yourself in one of these gladiators' positions. The emperor wants to fight you, and you're you're assuming this is just like it's look at it this way. It would be like if the president just suddenly was like, All right, guys, I know you're about to play in the Super Bowl, but I'm gonna play quarterback and I'm the president, yeah. so I get to do it. And you'd be like, Oh, what? And like the Secret Service is gonna be yeah, his and offensive then you're like, line. What's and they the get guns here? and the rest of you get helmets <laughs> yes. and pads. Like, no one's going to rush the passer. They're just going to let him score over and over and over. And he'll be like, I'm the greatest quarterback that ever played. Right. So none of these guys is going to actually try to stab the emperor, you know? Exactly. They're not going to try to sack the quarterback. They're going to let him score touchdowns. And this is kind of something a lot of people don't realize is a lot of gladiator games weren't death matches. You know, the guy would be able to tap out a lot of times. But with Commodus, he just straight up murdered them. It's pretty messed up, you know, like they didn't they're basically defenseless, you know, Yeah, he, yeah. he was trying to prove himself because, again, most of these matches were bread and circuses like these guys go and fight every single day. They're they're friends outside the ring most of the time or like they're slaves tied yeah. to some of this. So, so they're familiar. They know their fighting styles. They know who they're going against. They're about the show because you could earn your freedom being a gladiator. You could you could raise enough funds exactly. or you could get sponsored to be free. But hey, uh, guess what, guys, this this morning you're going to fight the emperor. Um, also, here's here's a non-pointy stick. Uh, you know, make it look good. And then the emperor is using a freaking like a sling and an uh, you know actual bow and arrow and a javelin. Like, yeah. And uh, oh, hey, here's some lions on ropes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it was pretty unfair. And we've been beating those lions while showing them pictures of you and saying you've been talking shit. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Is the the deck was pretty hilariously stacked against anybody being able to do anything. I, I mean, that. even eventually, he was such yeah. a failure. Though, I mean, the Roman Senate they they tried to pull a Rasputin and like poison him, but obviously, you know, poison back in the day wasn't exactly a science because they didn't have science. Uh, <laughs> you know, they had the stars and they had like you know, uh, which it's the blood moon. Uh, they didn't work, so they actually did hire one of the gladiators, Narcissus, to assassinate him instead. Which I can imagine that was a little easy. Like, hey, buddy, hey, you want one of my autographs again? Yeah. You know, you come every single morning. Now, stab, stab, stab. It wasn't just any gladiator. It was his favorite. It was this guy who actually had earned his freedom, and he was pissed that like all his brothers were getting slaughtered by this guy, and the senators were like the ones who were like, yeah, like you need to do something about this. Like they like put the sword in his hand and everything. So yeah, pretty messed up. Sounds like a great place to live. <laughs> now we got a great one here coming up. Yeah, well I was gonna say if you think yeah, that's these just shit. keep getting worse and worse. So then we got Caligula, who I'm sure some of you have probably heard of before. He was a paranoid schizophrenic, was notorious for debauchery, and was known to drain the budgets on orgies. Uh, correction of that, he actually didn't pay for the sex. He paid for the gigantic parties and all the wine that preceded the sex. And debauchery is is it's kind of a mild term like he did some pretty horrible <laughs> stuff man like no he would have people slaughtered just be right before a meal just so they could have sex afterwards it was a yeah. whole thing I and mean, by the way this would happen every night for weeks on end 
until he would like, oh, I need to go somewhere else. Basically, a hedonism bot is supposed to be Caligula from Futurama. Mm-hmm. That's a, like that. Think that, but a person that likes to that kill sounds people about right. and, and do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah debauchery is definitely an, an an understatement. Like they need to have a word specifically for this guy. So it's it's kind of there's a lot of details about this guy that are contested because there's not a lot of surviving accounts and there's some conflicting information out there. But he may or may not have had the previous emperor Tiberius assassinated. Uh, one source even says that he murdered him with a pillow in his bed. But unlike the emperors who came before him, Caligula was basically born into the position. Uh, like he was very young uh, without any formal training. And from the get go, he apparently had no interest in the job. He only cared about the benefits that came with the title. That's a great combination. There's some evidence to suggest that he snapped after his sister, who also happened to be his wife, died in childbirth. Roll and it just kind of like <laughs> just kind of went all downhill from there. Um, and within two years, uh, at the beginning of his reign, he had eliminated all of his closest allies. I mean, they killed his sister slash wife. That's why. <laughs> Sounds like Kim Jong Il. Not Kim Jong Un so much, but Kim Jong Il when he like one of that. Well, actually, maybe more Kim Jong Un, but Un's skin up there, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I remember well, it might have even been Un, but at one point there was this, like a spree where like all these like high ranking people started disappearing, and uh, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, he's cleaning house. I don't remember which. It might have been Un actually, but oh, that, I think that's all three of them. Even even his grandfather was kind of like that. Yeah, Kim Il Sung. That's definitely like a dictator move. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's you mentioned he was paranoid schizophrenic, and I'm sure that that's just people, you know, there was no such diagnosis back then. It was like, he's just off. Oh, yeah. Um, he got the touch of the vapors. Yeah, there's evil in that boy. But I mean, based off the information that we have, I think that's probably a, a pretty fair diagnosis. And then when you consider the other things like that, I'm sure you we're about to get into here in a second that, you know, but killing all his, the people that like his confidants and allies... You put a paranoid schizophrenic in charge, that's what's going to happen. And like someone with unlimited power, basically. That's what, yeah, in charge at that position at that time. Like you were basically, the, the, you could do whatever you want. He made a brutal example of anyone who contradicted him, no matter what, no matter how small. So anyone, everyone around him, like in his circle... They were worried to tell him no. So he was just surrounded by a bunch of yes men all the time, which made it way worse. You know, it was just a snowball effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 was, it was a whole like he was going against nature sometimes. And they're like, that's that's not possible. Bam, execute, execute into the Coliseum, execute. Yeah. So, I mean, <sighs> wasn't there some weird crap with his horse? Yeah, the, the, so the, it, the horse story is actually kind of a weird thing. So there's a story where he appointed his horse the position of proconsul, which is like a, a level of senatorial function. <laughs> it's it's actually it's mostly propaganda because don't forget a lot of the stuff didn't survive because of him. He 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 was in a weird situation in Rome. The horse a horse apparently did have like a horse stable made completely of marble, which I mean back in the day they still had to carve this out by hand, and it was shipped across <laughs> yeah. the sea or the or like the entire country. Uh, it we had lost 46 ivory men, ma- but at least the horse yeah. is a nice stable. Yeah. We lost 13 men this time. Can you sell the bag of ice for more than a dollar? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. He had an ivory manger, which again, the horse has grown. It does not need a manger. The manger is used to eat from. Ivory was a no- uh, novel thing at the time. Uh, they still get the ivory yeah. from northern Africa. I mean, you you had to go Most hunt down elephants. Most people didn't know what an elephant looked like. 
you know? Yeah, and they're hunting these things just to serve this horse's thing. He had purple blankets, again, going to the whole thing where purple is a uh, royal color. Oh, yeah. And a collar of precious stones. Again, all this is based on labor. The purple blankets are actually from Greece, and they have to kill, I think, uh, 1,100 snails per gram of purple dye to get, like, a whole... A whole blanket requires yeah. like 150 grams of dye. It's, it's insane. So uh, a collar of precious stones, again, mined by hand by slaves. But some historians suggest the horse wasn't exactly appointed consul. It's more of a uh, a title that it did hold parties, at least in his honor. It was more of an insult <laughs> that a horse could do a job of a senator. What the hell the senators were doing while Caligula is running the entire empire? Um I mean, at that point, can we get the Kentucky Derby winner, you know, and a no dopehead to be the senator of Kentucky? Because the our <laughs> our Kentucky Derby winner would probably be better than the current senator of Kentucky. Not going to say actual names to date this podcast, but you know, Mitch McConnell. Um, you could literally but, say <laughs> yes. That's a hundred thousand. An empty chair would be better, but you could say um, that about almost any state at almost any point yeah, so, since like 1778. Like, <laughs> then just, I, Justin Aki, yeah. determined that the uh, old Kentucky Derby winner, the one that was preceded by dope allegations, should be the senator of Kentucky. <laughs> so, <laughs> should we go to Wharton? Oh, I mean, they both don't have chins, oh, so... <laughs> Uh, so, according to one source, uh, when the Circus Maximus ran out of prisoners to kill, uh, Caligula apparently had the first five rows of the audience slaughtered. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Now, in, in his defense, though, keep in mind, he was a uh, psychopath, and he probably thought... <laughs> keep in no, mind, no, he's so, crazy. <laughs> well, so you got to think that uh, people in the front row of uh, games, any kind of games, NFL, NBA, whatever, they're the rich controlling people so if he murders the first five rows of the coliseum these are the rich patrons that come to show up a, the ones with power so if he murders so them they can't move. speak yeah it's a power move because they can't speak back they can't get their senators to do stuff against caligula this is not exactly a bad thing he's still a psychopath but like this is not a uh it's not an uncalculated thing so like within the context of you know back then that wasn't a bad thing is that weird yeah next time get the cheap seats can i t real quick talk about like one of my favorite things about this psycho to march on the english channel basically this crazy psychopath once marched a bunch of his soldiers on a campaign against britain right so they're marching out to get britain and when they get to the english channel like you know you cross the channel and you're in england uh caligula ordered his legions to attack the water like monty python style you know like attack the hey castle. xerxes cut it out right <laughs> so they literally these guys are like standing in like waist deep water splashing at water and waves like eh, uh what the f like the, the soldiers were very confused. I can't, I mean, I, can you imagine? Like, you know, if you say no, we're like, yeah. what? That's ridiculous. Like, he'll have you killed on the spot. So you're like, okay. <laughs> you also, how many months of marching? To do this. Like, yeah, this is a long point. trek. So they, that's the thing. Like, they get there, they splash around in the water and stab the water. And, and they just, Caligula then recalls his troops in order to help him collect seashells as spoils of war to bring home in triumph. So, so they don't even attack England. They attack like England's water. Like they're like, aha, we're touching your seat. Ha 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 ha. And then he, he gets professional soldiers who are at this point, I can only imagine full of murderous rage and feeling very foolish. 
Now, come help me pick seashells, and we shall go home and triumph. And it's no wonder that this dude was ganked like very shortly thereafter. I, I probably would have killed him on the way back. I might have <laughs> killed. I might have killed him when he told me to start stabbing water. I might have just gone for it. Were they pretty seashells? Now it's hard to say whether this was like a giant like PR move. Or if he had just completely lost his marbles. It sounds, point, I know? mean, look, this is later on. It sounds like. Little column just, A, yeah. little Comple- column B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it sounds like the the act of somebody who's just completely off their freaking meds. But, yeah, you know, maybe he was just trying to show his power over the Roman army. I, who knows? Maybe he was trying to show Britain, like, I'm not afraid of you. But. <laughs> Even though they know, probably man. can't see him from that distance. Yeah, like they didn't even know he's there. <laughs> like, so I was like, yeah. you guys see all those soldiers like playing in the water? That was weird. Then they left. Like, I don't know about you, but one thing about Rome that I am not is scared. It's, it's so weird. But that's one of my favorite things about him because you never hear about that. You hear about like all the other crazy shit he did, but you don't hear about like the attack on water. You know, eventually this got bad enough to where like the Roman citizens were starting to catch on to like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. You know, there's something wrong here. And eventually even his own Praetorian guards kind of just got fed up with it after a while. And they ended up murdering him. Like I said, they just had enough of it. They just straight up stabbed him. Good for them. And no one (laughs) cared. They probably bought those guys drinks for the rest of their lives. Which one of you guys betrayed your duty and murdered Caligula? And they all raised their hands. Like everyone's people who weren't even there. (laughs) I mean, it was probably one of those things where it's like, dude, finally, you know, like no one wanted to do it, but like everyone knew it had to be done. It's not like you could impeach an emperor back then. No, and this is uh, after the dictatorship series where they abolished that series from the, like you couldn't just be care dictator. They 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 killed those guys with stabbing them, you know, twenty three times. <laughs> they kind of set a precedence, you know. Yeah, if if you Google the word Caligula, you're going to come across a very very odd search term because this is. We should probably tell the listeners this is NSFW, right? Well, the the story. Yeah. It's fine, but yes, the actual search <laughs> term, and this is an FF, not safe for work here. Um, yeah. So in the 70s, Gore Vidal, the, the noted uh, author and, and very wonderful writer, um, wrote a screenplay that was picked up by Penthouse. Yes, the Penthouse, like, nudie magazine day guys. Um, <laughs> and they decided to produce a film about Caligula's uh, orgies and life. And they even got noted actors Malcolm McDowell and Helen Mirren. What? Uh, and, yeah, and they actually had a story. This is like porn back in the day on the film. So they actually had to film a real film, and then they shot the nudie stuff. Now, I will say I've not seen this, but I, I did hear that Malcolm McDowell and Helen Mirren were not in the nudie stuff, but they basically filmed a movie, and then they would cut mm-hmm. to the same room with naked people doing things. So, like, it's insane... <laughs> That this is a movie that they could show in regular theaters or porno theaters. Like, that's the most epic fail of Caligula right there. Like, hey, uh, we got something for everybody. Hey, you know, bring the kids down. We got some circuses and shit. Like, you know, what the hell? So <laughs> so I'm guessing there's like a theatrical version of the movie. Uh, I have not seen any version of the movie, but you know what? I haven't either. The, the I'm kind of interested. The night is young. So <laughs> Now, Malcolm McDowell, this was, uh, was this before Clockwork Orange? This would have been around the same time as Clockwork Orange. So after Caligula uh, was, you know, stabbed to death by his own guards, 
uh, his laid back uncle Claudius took over until he was poisoned by his niece slash wife. Roll Tide. Who happened to be Nero's mom. Uh, and then that led to, of course, Nero coming into power. Yo, Nero sucked. And, like, he sucked really bad. And not only was he, like, you know, a psycho who did horrible things, and not only was he, like, you know, a sadist and all this crap, but he, he was, like, the kind of, like, the same kind of crap that Commodus used to do, where, like, Commodus was like, I'm a gladiator. <laughs> Nero, quote-unquote, competed in the Olympic Games, and one, I used the strongest quote in I roll every match, <laughs> right? Like he tried, he basically was a successful version of Cartman in the Special Olympics on that South Park episode. Like he's going, like, I'm just going to make it so that the deck is stacked in my hand as, as high as it can be. And no one would dare compete against me. Nero, Nero was not a great guy. That's putting it lightly. Just, just to name a few things. He uh, had his own mother killed. He kicked his pregnant wife to death had a habit of burning Christians alive just for fun. And he heavily taxed the citizens of Rome to pay for a gigantic golden naked statue of himself. <laughs> was, was he also like a weird dude, like who was schizophrenic? Cause like you kicking his pregnant wife to death means he doesn't want responsibility, but was he also like a psycho who just wanted his life to be crazy? Like orgies, you know, he, he does have a lot of similarities to Caligula. I don't know if, he took it to that extent, but a lot of the things he did were pretty nefarious. It's sort of, it's one of those things, like, it's hard to say whether or not he had a mental illness or whether he was just evil. You know what I mean? Like, was this one of those situations where, like, he had so much power that he just kind of went mad with power or did he not really know what he was doing? You know, we don't, obviously, we don't have enough evidence to judge either way. But I just from what I had always read, it seemed like he was more calculating. Whereas Caligula was more yeah. just like, you know, a sadist and hedonist who, who wanted to do what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it and hated everybody who said no about anything and threw a fit. Nero seemed like he was more like, I'm going to tear this bitch down. You watch. You know what I mean? So yeah. I would lean more towards sadistic and borderline evil or just straight up evil than mentally ill. But for all we know, that could have been a component as well. Well, and if you consider who his mother was and the fact that she murdered the previous emperor so her son could be in power like and that. he was a right there. product of like third stage incest, you know, like an uncle and niece. Yeah. So I, I think all those could have been contributing factors. One of the, the most famous or infamous uh, examples is... Definitely one of those things that like historians like to debate about, but he supposedly played the liar while a fire swept through Rome. Hey guys, the market's on fire. Let's play Wonderwall. Yeah. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> I see. I I, I, and I think that that might be one of those things that over time has become a thing where people take it literally. But I'm not sure if it was ever supposed. Like you said, it's debated. I'm not sure if that was actually yeah. something that happened, or if it's like. The image because Rome really started to suffer under his rule and things really started to turn to shit under his rule. Meanwhile, he's over here just doing whatever he wants and like having a party, you know, not caring. Here's the interesting thing. The the fire was real. Like the fire definitely happened. Whether or not he was like, you know, playing the fiddle while it happened. Is I got up you. For debate. I got you. But the fire definitely happened. And, you know, after the fire in the aftermath, he blamed the Inferno on on Christianity, basically. It was them immigrants. Uh, so he was he was already like persecuting them. At the time, Christianity was like kind of a small cult. Like, but like he had he had it out for them it's so much so that there is uh, some speculation 
about the the people who wrote revelations supposedly there was a lot of metaphors and symbology like 666 is apparently a reference to nero which i thought was kind of interesting there's a whole lot there and you can de- we can definitely dig into it more but that's a it's a pretty big topic itself and i you know it kind of makes sense when you look at the history of it like he was like trying to wipe them out basically but not only that not only did he blame the fire on a small religious sect he then built a massive 300 acre gold palace over the ashes now i mean part of that though so you're gonna go back to the theory of him blaming the christians the christians did this now there was six fires in the past 30 years that were pretty Mm -hmm. epic and wiped out whole sections of the city because you got to think this is back before we had actual firefighters. They still had the aqueducts. They could get water to certain places, but it was not a, a set-in-stone thing. There is a theory that he himself had the fire set so he could build his palace, Domus Aurora. Especially mm-hmm. considering that instead of rebuilding the actual sections that burned down, like, hey, we've always rebuilt this the same way. It just, you know, a fire happened. Let's get this going. He rebuilt the sections he liked which was only four of the, uh, the eight sections of Rome in a classic Greek style. And he used up a terrible amount of space per building. So Rome is very crowded, and he used up a lot more space per building so less people could fit in the areas he liked. So everyone had to crowd into the poor areas if you couldn't live in the, the nicer areas. I mean, he was rebuilding these again with marble and nice stone, and he was building up the buildings to only be two or three stories, like, and then very wide instead of very stacked and condensed. So... He was not a good ruler when it came to rebuilding, and it was almost seen as intentional. Oh, yeah, definitely. What a dick move. (laughs) (laughs) So just to recap, he may or may not have burned Rome to the ground, may or may not have played the fiddle while it happened, and he then blamed it all on the Christians. Not only does this piece of garbage have his mom killed, not only did he kick his pregnant wife to death, not only did he burn a bunch of people alive just for jollies, not only did he tax the crap out of these people to pay for this vanity project, not only did he possibly burn down half the freaking city to build another vanity project, but if there's one thing that this dude did that is unforgivable is that he would force the citizens he did this shit to to attend his garbage poetry readings, which would go on for hours. Can you believe this monster? Like, yes, the city's on fire and I just kicked my pregnant wife to death, but listen to my poetry about my feelings and snap when you're done. (laughs) Like, hey, daddy-o. Are you not entertained? Hey, daddy. Yeah, like, yeah, he's a beat poet. Like, just I bet it was awful, too. <laughs> or a slam poet. Anything's a poem when you talk like this. Literal Satan. Got it. Yeah, he's literally the worst person that ever lived. So eventually the people of Rome got sick of his antics uh, and his own legions turned against him. The senators. Does this happen like eight <laughs> times at this point? You think they'd learn like I should stop being a shitty emperor because the track record for shitty emperors is really bad. It's like, maybe let's just go back to the whole Republic thing. That was working pretty well before. Yeah, this, right. Good God. The Senate declared him an enemy of Rome, and ultimately Nero fled to his private villa where he took his own life before he could face the consequences. Little bitch, like Hitler. Good riddance. (laughs) This is pretty dark, but there's something I read about his body being dragged through the streets and then eaten by dogs. Like that's- They left it for wild dogs. That's awesome. It's a happy ending. They felt cheated because they they wanted to punish this dude for the nightmare he put everybody through. And instead, he took the coward's way out. Like, yeah, screw that guy. Hello, my name's Bill. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, 
I'm here in the UK doing UK things, not being eaten by giant people. And I'm Tyler in the US, also not being eaten by giant people. And we host The Coordinate, an Attack on Titan podcast, where we are... Hold on a second, Tyler. Hold on. There's some weird noises going on outside the door. Let me just go check it out quickly. Ah, it's Twitter Troy Titan. Ah, ah, my leg. Ah, he's eating my leg. Ah, Bill. No. Mm. Oh, oh, he's gone. He's eating my bloody leg, Tyler. Troy's eating my leg. Oh. Uh, anyways, uh, we're a monthly podcast where we read ah. an arc of the manga oh. a month, try to get Bill caught up. Uh, Bill, you want to tell them where they can find us? Uh, what? What? You what? What, what's, what do you want? Where can people listen to the podcast? <laughs> Uh, oh, I don't have a clue. Oh, he's gonna eat me! He's gonna eat me! Oh, ah. oh why are there so many cats in here? Oh, God, I hope. Uh, can I get a new co-host? Hear ye, hear ye! Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Today I want to recommend The Fall of Rome and the End of Civilization by Brian Ward Perkins. If you're looking to read more about the gradual decline of the Roman Empire, this is a great place to start. Thanks to Audible, you can learn about the collapse of one of history's most powerful civilizations while modern civilization collapses around you. Anywho, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash epicfails with a K. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash E-P-I-K fails for your free audiobook. All four Epic Fails history books are available now on Audible. Huzzah! Alright, so clearly like, Rome had a laundry list of shit emperors. We didn't even touch on a bunch of the other ones that are just like, they were just kind of bad at their jobs. They might not have been remarkably bad like some of these guys were, or monsters like some of them were, but... Not so great making decisions that didn't work out terrifically in the end. The Empire got too big and their their enemies figured out ways to, you know, exploit it. And there was uh, a lot of a lot of things that led to it. And we let just talk about it. But basically, the Rome fell. It, the Empire, as we knew it, fell. So in 285 CE, Emperor Diocletian split the Roman Empire into two. Right. And that goes back to the whole thing about it was too big to govern. If they had any kind of conflict, there was just so much size moving that army and transporting goods and all that and support and supplies. Like It was just too much. So they split it in two. So you had the western half of the Roman Empire, which is in steady decline for the next, I don't know, 100 years or so. While the Byzantium Empire or the eastern side flourished until the fall of Constantinople in, what, 1453. Istanbul, not Constantinople now. Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been a long time ago. So yeah, it was uh, about 476 where Rome itself was sacked by the, the German goth, Germanic goth tribes. Uh, not goth kids like but the Visigoths <laughs> and the goths, like barbarians essentially. Uh, and the last Roman emperor, Romulus Augustulus. Are you sure it's not Augustus? Nope, it's Augustulus. It totally is. Augustulus? Good God, what a garbage. No wonder they lost. I could have sworn I had a typo. I had to double check Wikipedia. Because like Rom- Romulus is like a powerful name, and Augustus is a powerful name, but like Romulus, Augustus, like that's just yeah. no wonder he got deposed. Well, you have to think in actual ancient Roman, they had to keep adding stuff to it, so that's the problem. Like it's it's a thing. Yeah. yeah. So while the eastern half of the Byzantium side continued to live on, the Roman Empire itself. 
as as it had been known for you know a, quite a lot hundreds of years was done yeah. ended up lasting what about 500 years roughly from 27 bce to 476 ce so as we mentioned earlier we're you know almost halfway there and we might not last as long either <laughs> yeah the planet might not last as long yeah the, the thing with Rome, you have to understand though, Rome was a uh, uh, empire of the lead. So you had had the emperor, you had the senate, and you had the rich people who were like, hey, yeah, we'll go along with what you say, we'll vote for what you want, or we'll vote for our own thing. There was an entire empire built on slavery. And when you get down to the smaller people and the smaller farms and the smaller, uh, like the the normal like day to day people, once you start getting slaves and they have to do less work, that's when they are not doing the work. That's where the 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 Goths were able to uh, take over the empire because you had the soldiers who were able to raise enough money to get their own slaves. They didn't have to fight in the friggin' uh, army. Rome was completely demolished by itself by by its success. Once you get to the peak, it only goes downhill from there. And once they start running out of money, like you, you have the slavery starting getting, uh, people start becoming Christians. They're saying, hey, slavery is bad, which I mean, yes, it's bad, but the Roman Empire needed slavery to live. So where do you go from there? Nobody expects the All right. You guys ready? Give it to me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. What is the origin of the titles Tsar and Kaiser? Oh, they've come from the word Caesar. Yep. Uh, Caesar was also used as like another word for emperor after, after Julius Caesar. Usually the emperors that followed him had Caesar in their title. Right. Uh, his son or his successor, Augustus, was Augustus Caesar, but that wasn't his name until he became in charge. Question number two. What was the Colosseum named after? What was the Colosseum named after? The round? I don't know. This is hard. Hmm. No, I don't. Uh, give me the whole question one more time. What was the Colosseum named after? What was it named after? Um, no, I don't. I feel like I know this, but it's it's, it's bothering the <laughs> shit out of me. I thought, okay, go ahead. What? I don't know what it is. So you remember how I was talking about that massive statue of Nero? Oh, like no. I was, I wasn't kidding. When I was saying this thing was massive, they referred to it as the Colossus. <laughs> they actually named the Colosseum after the statue of Nero, which is funny because the statue of Nero doesn't exist anymore, but the Colosseum's still there. But yeah, uh, in fact, something I forgot to mention earlier, the arena itself was allegedly built on the rubble of Nero's palace. At some point, that thing got torn down and they built the Colosseum in its place. <laughs> like basically the next hundred years of like Roman architecture yeah. and culture was like that guy. <laughs> Two things. One thing, uh, thank God. Second thing is poetic justice, because Nero liked poetry. Ah, <laughs> uh, did you just snap? Yep. Well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, what's the next question? What's the next question? I want to get something question right. Question number three. Over the course of five centuries, from 27 BC to 476 AD, and roughly 77 emperors, how many died of natural causes? Oh, damn. That's a good question. Oh, uh, um, 12. You said that with such confidence. I feel like... <laughs> well, it's either that or one dollar, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you got, Chris? You want to throw a number in there just to... <laughs> I should be like, 11. Um, out of 77, how many died of natural causes? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, 
20. I feel like I'm way off. Only 10. Damn. Only See, 10. I, sh- I should have said 11. <laughs> so technically I'm over, but yeah. I'm still closest. Way closer. <laughs> but not by much. Damn. So 67 of them were killed? Or poisoned or stabbed or or deposed. Yeah, so about 20% of them were assassinated, which is not a small number. That's a good chunk of them. Some of them, I'm I'm assuming, died in wars and things like that, so... That's like 15 emperors got assassinated. There's probably some stats in there where, like, some of them choked on grapes or things like that. Oh, right, they say they were assassinated. They try, like, all right, we gotta... They they slipped down the (laughs) stairs or something, dumb. 37 uh, stab wounds, natural causes, next emperor, please. (laughs) Yeah, he died fighting off an invading army single-handedly. He certainly didn't die crapping on the toilet. (laughs) This one's horse had too big of a barn. He died of shock. (laughs) (laughs) Question number four. Who was the second emperor of Rome? Remus. The second one was Augustus, right? Not technically. No? Caesar was the first though, right? No. Uh, Not officially. He was basically emperor in everything but name. They never called him. Oh, okay. So, all right. All right. But he, Um... he established a lot of the precedents. And then Augustus was like, no, I'm the emperor. Gotcha. So it was his successor. Um, Was it Marcus? Aurelius. Yeah. 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 Was it? No. Damn. I got nothing. (laughs) It was Tiberius. Tiberius. Well. Yeah. Tiberius, who was a pretty interesting guy himself. He was the guy that was emperor during Jesus's time. He's the one that Caligula may or may not have murdered with a pillow. Cool. So, like, you got you got Julius Caesar, who's not technically the emperor, right? Uh, Augustus, who was the first emperor, kind of set a lot of you know the precedents, and he's sometimes considered the greatest emperor, even though he did a lot of horrible shit. (laughs) And then Tiberius, and then Caligula. It's just like it kind of just gradually goes down from there i wouldn't say gradually that's a pretty sudden drop off and it's like a free fall (laughs) that's like when you're walking at the beach and it's low tide you're walking and you're walking and you're walking and all of a sudden like you hit that cliff and you're like shit (laughs) well i think a lot of it just comes down to experience you know i mean clearly augustus like he was he was training for that yeah he was well he was like a general for a long time or something like that he was he was and he trained like he he tailed caesar everywhere like he was a legit politician he yeah he was like one of caesar's like he was mentor by him yeah and he was uh was he the one that had the relationship with cleopatra right no that was mark antony oh okay. uh, yeah augustus actually had her killed well <laughs> she she took her own life <laughs> hey that hey 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 that is a relationship doesn't have to be a romantic one they had a relationship well, i was not wrong <laughs> i'll go into a little bit more detail after this last question okay so sorry. question number five uh julius caesar and cleopatra had a son together what was his name? No one knows because he was killed immediately. Well, clearly I was way off when I thought that his successor had the relationship with her when it was Caesar. What is Caesar's and Cleopatra's kid's name? Yeah. Uh, well, it's probably something ridiculous, but the, the Roman um, habit of just like adding a syllable to names might have been like, is it? Julius is <laughs> I, no, I, I don't know dude I don't know what it is you're not far no, you're, you're kidding not me too far off no well Ju- Julia you're, you're kind of on to it you're Julia Patra. well Cleosis it was Caesarian what 
cesarean yeah. like the c-section wait was was he delivered as a cesarean that i don't know uh but julius caesar actually he wanted cleopatra's son to be his heir like he named him as his heir and a lot of the romans didn't like that because you know it's like his mom was egyptian what's that all about people have always been xenophobic i guess but yeah. how could we possibly expand our empire even larger but I think he was only 10 when octavian came into power and octavian of course became augustus and he saw caesarian as a threat to his power so he sought him out and had him murdered oh my god he was planning on on having uh cleopatra killed as well but she actually took her own life before he could what the hell pretty pretty messed up it's a whole that's a whole story though and we could definitely do a whole i actually never knew that cleopatra. part i know I like you know cleopatra was played by uh what's the, the the hot actress from the 50s but like i didn't know that was a whole thing <laughs> is it liz taylor elizabeth taylor yeah yeah that's actually a pretty good movie too and i think they do kind of they kind of i think they gloss over a few things but they pretty much tell the story just with a bunch of white people playing Egyptians. The white lady playing Egyptian who lived 3,500 years after the freaking pyramids were built. But, you know. Cleopatra herself was part Greek, so. Cleopatra was definitely like some sort of like Sardinian or some sort of like solid Greek, like Southern Islands, she Eastern was, Islands. With she Egyptian. She was from the, I can't say it, Ptolemy? Yeah. Ptolemaic. She was yeah. from the Ptolemy line? I don't think yeah, you say so the P. Like I, think, I think it's like pterodactyl. It's Ptolemy. Yeah, it's Ptolemy. Yeah. Ptolemy. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I don't know some pizza. things, I know that one. <laughs> can't say damn what's uh, his name for the actor. Who gives a shit, Raider Phoenix, so. <laughs> <laughs> Epic wins of history! So our epic win of the week is Ada Lovelace. Uh, she was a Victorian countess who actually created computer programming before the invention of the computer which is kind of interesting say what i'm not sure how that works but she basically figured out binary code kind of wow yeah so she she actually did plan out the entire theoretical development of programming languages forget the actual language itself the theoretical development of like hey if you do this it does this mm -hmm. because she was known to work with charles babbage aka babbage's you know pc they used to be a computer company she helped develop the idea the analytical engine like the adding machine like the first basic computer yes yeah. yeah this is back in 18 30 something like it's crazy. oh my god so it's them we have to blame <laughs> oh yeah wow 18, yeah is 80 33 is when she was uh, a private tutor with babbage but uh 42 is when she like started really working on the languages themselves this is like before the civil war <laughs> like this was before edison this was before the light bulb like electricity was kind of a new concept yeah so again this is all theoretical she knows that charles babbage is developing an analytical engine where it's like hey this will compute things that you put into it what do you need to tell it and it's not just math forget the math the math is dumb math is easy math for 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 <laughs> no not like calculus like we're all failed math in high school but i'm saying like math is easy enough it's how do you get from a to b minus 37 fucking points so, like, you also have to realize her father was Lord Byron, the crazy son of a bitch yes. who brought a, a a bear to college because he was a poet. And she comes out to be like, yeah, we're going to program computers now without an actual computer or electricity. Like, we don't even have pedal bicycles like Eric's Internet. We actually have to, like, to plan this stuff out. You mentioned Lord Byron. I wonder if that means she actually knew Mary Shelley. 
Uh, most likely she did meet Mary Shelley later in years. That's um, interesting. Lord Byron was kind of, uh, I mean, especially when he died, there was there was a lot of separation. He really never integrate like worked with his daughter at all because he was a terrible person. But like she definitely probably knew some of his contemporaries because Mary Shelley wrote freaking uh, Frankenstein when she was 19 years old. So she definitely had the opportunity to meet Mary Shelley. Wow. That's crazy. When you hear about people like this, so much smarter than you are, that it's like, it's like defies comprehension because I'm too stupid to comprehend it, apparently. It, it, it almost makes me angry. Like, I remember I met this kid in college who, as a, like, at 18 years old, was in number theory, which was like, he was showing me the work they were doing. And it was like, it, it, I felt like I was looking at numbers from the future. It was the craziest shit ever. And he had like tearaway pads on his wall, like paper pads, and he would just have like, all kinds of math up there all the time. He would go, you know what I mean? Like a beautiful mind kind of crap. And when I, yeah. when I meet people like that in person, I get like, like, dude, f- you for being so smart. Tony freaking Stark. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, like makes me feel like a just total idiot. People like this are on another level, but what's, what's really crazy to me is like, I didn't know about her until recently. I'd never heard of her before. Our education system really needs to like put these people on a pedestal because like currently our entire civilization is based on the work that she did. And it's just criminal that we don't know her name, you know? But Ada Lovelace was developing the idea of a programming language, not the actual language. She was not like, hey, C++ is my jam, yo. She was developing the idea of trying to communicate the idea of telling a computer engine, not a person, not a a device, not anything, just the idea of telling computers how to develop something, not the actual thing, just how to develop it. That is the most insane crap in the world because she had not had the idea, she had not had the ability to test that. She she would just hey let's let's write this on pieces of paper and hope in the future one day someone will come up with a way to like use this and someone has developed her actual programs for use today. Her story kind of reminds me. You guys know who Hedy Lamarr is? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh god, yes, she was the one that developed Wi-Fi and uh, spread spectrum analytics. So she actually helped plan out torpedoes able to target ships. Because they could be not jammed. The only way like you ever hear her name in any context now is she was known as being the first woman to be nude on film. Yep. And she was a great actress of her time. Like, that's what we know. Uh, excuse me, sir. Have you ever played Half-Life 2 where they named the head crab that one of the doctors has as Hetty Lamar, because they uh, they they <laughs> really do love her. Also, there is an ongoing joke in Blazing Saddles where they talk about Hetty Lamar, and they have the thing every time because they what's his name used to make fun of Hedley Hetty Lamar in uh, Young Frankenstein, and they she sued her estate sued. But that's my that kind of just reinforces my point though is like we only ever hear about her like you hear about her where like the the, the smart nerd types make references to her. So let's go ahead and join Bracken of Fails! All right, so in case you haven't listened to the last couple episodes, uh, the Bracket of Fails is a season-long single elimination bracket where the internet, that's you guys, decides who is the biggest epic fail of history. Epic fail! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! So we've got our first two matches this month, and it looks like what we got is Brutus versus Benedict Arnold, Battle the Traitors, I guess you could say. And then we got J. Bruce Ismay versus Gavrilo Princip. I'm very biased against some of those. 
What do you guys think about this first match? I think that Benedict Arnold would be my my vote. So, and I I, I voted Benedict Arnold, but for reason is he was screwed. Like he tried, he was part of the revolution, and he got screwed over over promotions and a bunch of other stuff. And he didn't give up whatever he gave up West Point. Yeah, but he was not like giving up the war. He really did believe in the colonies until he got screwed over thirty seven freaking times in a row. So yeah, 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 but. You know what? Tough titties, Benedict. It took it took until Doctor Strange for another Benedict to to reclaim the name. Um, <laughs> he friggin' that dude sucks, man. Like, yeah, okay, he got dealt a somewhat rough hand as a rich white landowner. <laughs> like, screw that dill hole, man. Like, he his name deserves to be synonymous with traitors, in my opinion. Like, that that dude's a dick. I. I Ugh, it's, it's, he was a war hero to begin with. Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of terrible people did important things. Andrew Jackson was a war hero. Andrew Jackson's garbage, dude. <laughs> He's garbage. Terrible That's person. You live in Jacksonville. Huh? Yeah, case in point. <laughs> the worst place in the world is named after him. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I'm going to say Brutus is worse. Yeah? And here's why. So Brutus, I mean, okay, it's understandable that people would be upset with Caesar for declaring himself dictator for life and all that. The problem was by Brutus conspiring to assassinate Caesar, he set a precedent. And because he killed Caesar, someone potentially, you could say potentially way worse came into power and then established a monarchy of emperors, basically, from there on out. And I don't think any of that would have happened if it wasn't for Brutus. We just covered the Roman Empire and that the fact that, that none of them were a monarchy, they all got murdered, you know, 37 days in their freaking routine right here. So. <laughs> well, well, okay, maybe monarchy is the wrong term, but the, the first five or six of them were at least somewhat related. Cousins and brothers don't count. <laughs> good point. Good point. But you get what I'm Because they all had 37 right. kids sometimes. So you're, you're good. Next up. All right. And then the next match is Jay Bruce Ismay versus Gavrilo Princip. It's got to be Princip, right? Princip for the win, because who is Jay Bruce Ismay? Jay Bruce Ismay was one of the developers of the Titanic. Oh, really? The guy who started World War One versus the guy who killed 115 people? Well, like so, okay, so let's put this in perspective. <laughs> Uh, Jay Bruce Ismay was the head of the White Star Line. Not only is he responsible for not having enough lifeboats on the Titanic, he was the reason they hit an iceberg because he was pushing the captain to push the ship faster. He wanted to to break records to kind of prove a point and it didn't work out. I'm sorry, Jeff Bezos, 1914 versus the guy who shot a guy in 1917. But not only that. (laughs) Not only that, but he was on the ship and he was one of the few survivors. Of course, he jumped on his own boat and shot other people. That guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of garbage. That guy sucks. <laughs> there's no question. Was, there's no question. Person. But Princip, I mean, like, like it, it's it's not, is it just like who's a shittier person? Or is it what's the bigger fail? Well, that's up to because you. Because if it's what's the bigger fail, then it's got, in my opinion at least, and it's an opinion thing, which is why I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this bracket plays out. But Princip, like, yeah, they were just trying to kill an archduke and, like, start some border skirmishes, basically, but started the First World War, which also started all kinds of terrible precedents for the planet and, like, the way of the geopolitics True. and, like, you know, 
just it changed the entire way the world was structured and it just never stopped getting bigger and like we're still being affected by that one one act that's what i'm that's my point it's such a massive it's almost a butterfly effect and massive massive moment like and and it's just this like piece of crap gavrilo princip not to sandbag it too much again because i'm definitely on the princip side um i was on the epic fails of history with you chris yeah that was about world war (laughs) one And it turns out that Gavrilo Princip um, screwed up so bad (laughs) that he he was getting a a sandwich at a whole other cafe. And then, like, the dude rolled up and he's like, oh, shit, I got to shoot this guy again. He tried to take a cyanide capsule (laughs) and then, like, it didn't. It just made him sick. And he, like, tried to kill himself. Jumped off a bridge and broke his leg. He just broke his leg. (laughs) He sucks. Everything about him is a fail. You look at his picture and you're like. You, the he second a, you saw this picture, you'd be like, man, I bet this dude sucks. And then, like, you read about him, you're like, yeah, he sure does. <laughs> like, well, and the fact that he him. was a terrorist, like, right right away, yeah, that guy sucks. But, like, he never, I mean, you got to put it in perspective, he never intended that to happen. Just because right. that's what happened but, doesn't but, mean right, that's... Right, right, right. I'm no, sorry, no, the like, 19... Like, I, think it, I think in that case, it's twice as bad because he failed at every yeah. stage of the actual act, right? As we co- covered in the last <laughs> yeah. time when we talked about World War One. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry the 19-year-old didn't know it was going to affect world fucking history right here. Right, I and mean, that wasn't his intent. Yeah, but Jay Bruce Ismay right, should so, have known. That's Right, the thing. okay, but here's the thing. His fails... Even if you discount the consequences of his actions, sure. his failure as an assassin, even though he shot the guy, <laughs> it was like through pure yeah, luck. Pure it luck was like now. the shittiest assassination yeah. attempt ever that actually worked. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, it, it, yep. it was it's almost so like bad. It was so like naked gun ineptitude level bad. Yeah, like who's that- the guy that shot Theodore Roosevelt? Like that gave a speech afterwards for like forty five minutes. Like, dude, what the hell? I yeah. didn't fail so hard. You shot a guy, shot a president, and yeah. he's like, eh, "I'm gonna keep talking. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm just gonna roll with it." <laughs> <laughs> but that's Teddy f- Roosevelt, man. Like that guy yeah, is he, badass. As Del as Del Prescott <laughs> said, he cannot be killed by conventional methods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree to Jay Bruce Ismay is a massive piece of shit. He is like epic fail all the way. Absolutely. But I think Princip has a two, he's a double tiered fail. Uh, Chris, you and I are totally Benedict Arnold versus Gabriela Princip. And uh, guys, I will say you have to go to challenge.com forward slash epic fails. That's C H L L O N G E dot com forward slash epic yep. fails Eric. and we'll actually be doing the the votes through twitter through our twitter account which is at epic and epic with a k uh dot com spelled out just because i had to make it complicated <laughs> apparently um you can you can definitely it's epic with a k yeah like you guys were saying what's really interesting about this bracket is it's all how you count it you know it's kind of like what's worse you know like the consequences or what they meant to do so it kind of brings up a lot of interesting uh ways of looking at some of these historical figures so yeah uh it's up to you guys the listeners so head on over to our social media to vote for who you think is the worst of the worst and we're moving over to our new segment you've got hate mail you 
got hate mail. <laughs> uh, so this is <laughs> this is our uh, listener feedback segment, but I like to start with some you know random comments from the website, which you know I've gotten some really interesting responses to some of my articles. In all fairness, Eric, I am a moderator on your website, and you actually have some decent feedback that's not just spam. You have people who read your articles and post. Yeah, like, they're they're fantastic. Oh, totally. Yeah. There's a lot of good comments, but some of these just make me laugh, so I figure I'd share some of them with you guys. This was in response to, oddly enough, the Top 5 Worst Roman Emperors article I did, uh, which I actually based posted the show notes on for this episode. And this is from Frank. He says stupidest article ever written hey thanks for reading frank thanks frank (laughs) you're you're a dick (laughs) so i figure i'd bounce it out though with a five-star review on itunes from dj ice age Uh, he said about the podcast (laughs) he said fun and educational i highly recommend this podcast even if you aren't a history buff this podcast is funny and entertaining most of the topics on the show I had no idea even happen. It'll make you laugh and also want to dive deeper into the blunders of history. Check it out. I'm sorry for screwing up your life there, DJ Ice Age. <laughs> Thanks a lot, DJ. That's really nice of you. So yeah, uh, thank you to everyone who wrote in for this episode. And as always, feel free to write us on social media to be featured on the podcast. As an addendum to our Epic Winds of History segment on Bessie Coleman from our last episode on the French Revolution, my good friend Jasmine Turner from the Museum of Science and History and our guest way back on episode 4 pointed out a local connection to the story. Back in 1926, a silent movie called The Flying Ace was filmed in Jacksonville, Florida. The film was actually inspired by Bessie Coleman and she was even planning on performing some of the stunts in the movie, but tragically passed away during a plane accident while prepping for an exhibition flight. All right, so do you guys have anything to plug? Hey, uh, Justin Naki, I'm one of a significant otter company. I am a graphic designer, and I mostly comment on uh, the Epic Fails of History podcast and the Five podcast assemble. <laughs> In fact, you, ju- you just designed a logo, right? I'm currently... The graphic designer and hopefully the new logo of Podcaster Symbol and maybe new some new merch coming out. Oh, cool. I'd um, like to see that. Look for yeah, look for the my new podcast yeah. coming out in twenty twenty two called Becoming Mr. Darcy. Yes. Where I learn how to become a better uh husband through uh living through the uh Mr. Darcy of that fame but yeah no I'm I'm here and I'm making fun of shit and I'm making fun of movies <laughs> and I'm I'm a podcaster. So you're finally doing the rom-com pod. Oh, yeah. My wife and I have, like, kind of dedicated October towards maybe recording new shit. Oh, that's exciting. Meg and I are, like, totally down to listen to that. We want to do at least three new eps, like, in the in the, in the the queue before we start new things. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we just thought the concept was hilarious because you had her watch a bunch of Bond movies. Now she's going to make you watch a lot of romantic comedies. So I was like... Oh, yeah. So, and also, amazing. I get my own, like, call out. <laughs> so, like, we have... The Kingsman, which also includes Colin Firth, and like the shit from so like her her favorite um, romantic comedies include Colin Firth playing Mr. Darcy from like 1984. So like yeah, there's like there's there's a lot of shit going on. So I get to watch romantic comedies with her, but I get to take the actors from the other stuff. Like we're gonna at least have a twelve twelve person like twelve episode series. So that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. That sounds like fun. 
For more from me, you can check out uh, Too Young for This Trek, a Star Trek podcast that I do with a few other guys, uh, one of which who's never seen Star Trek before. It's pretty hilarious, kind of random. And I was on a recent episode of The World's My Burrito, which was on The Green Knight. With Corey Torgerson. We do a deep dive into both the medieval poem and the new movie that it's that's based on it but it, it was actually a pretty great conversation like we we went deep with it we talked about all kinds of crazy stuff yeah it's it's definitely interesting might be some spoilers if you haven't seen the movie but i thought the movie was pretty great definitely worth checking out if you want to learn more about the fall of rome definitely check out patrick wyman's the fall of rome podcast series uh, he's also published a few books and has another podcast called the tides of history also for a very well-designed book cover check out the edward gibbons the Decline and Fall of Rome series, reprinted in 1946. The spines show the crumbling of a Roman column over the course of seven volumes. It's very design porn, but it's actually pretty on point with what we thought Rome from that series. Also, for a taste of Rome, go to your local Olive Garden and order a Caesar salad. <laughs> Um, I also highly recommend the HBO series Rome from a few years back. It's more like Ray Stevenson being forced to murder people. Make way for the proconsul Gaius Julius Caesar. You've entered the city under arms. The gods know my intentions are peaceful. Rome has fallen into the hands of a corrupt monster. What do you do? The decisive battle begins. Caesar is now surrounded and severely outnumbered. Are you with me? This is how history is made. It's pretty gruesome, man. It's it's like and not in like a It's really not, dark. Yeah, like it's not again, not as bad as Spartacus, but it's um the violence is very visceral, it's very real, and it looks very painful. Yeah. <laughs> like everything looks like, it's like oh my god. I'm kinda disappointed that the series ended where it did because there was so much more they Well, could they were cover. gonna do more, but it was that weird era in HBO when they were like canceling Deadwood and all their good shows, like the Sopranos had just ended and they didn't know what to do with all this other content and the dude who was in charge of the network started canceling all this stuff that had no reason to be canceled. So yeah, it was a weird period where they went to like the height of television to nobody wanted HBO for like two years. Yeah. But Rome definitely shouldn't have been canceled. It, it needed another season at least. Yeah. yeah it's a great series. And it, it talks about a lot of this stuff. Like it, it really delves into the whole why Julius Caesar was stabbed you know 27 times it talks about uh octavian's rise to power it gives you kind of like a on the ground perspective of a lot of those events which was really cool it was really clever the way they did it but yeah they they definitely did their research there's a lot of detail to put into the show and if you want to check it out it's on hbo max uh just just watched it not too long ago all right any last uh comments or anything no i'm good this is actually no? a good app yeah. thank you chris i miss you dude i know man we need to hang out Thank you for listening to Epic Fails of History. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. You can follow me on social media at Eric Slater. Eric with a K, Slater with a D. And be sure to check out our other great shows from the Probably Work Network, like Too Young for This Trek, Comic Zombie, and Podcasters Assemble. Music and jingles produced by Deft Stroke Sound. This episode was edited by Eric Slater. next episode we're talking about the worst pirates ever so stay tuned for more 
epic fails of history. Yar. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. Loudest keyboard ever. I am a I human. <laughs> the emperor wants to fight you, and you're you're assuming this is just like you know, just a what? Do you, what is the word? Uh, like a match for show exhibition? Yeah, it's just like an exposition. Ex, sorry, ex, exhibition. Exhibition. Yeah. Exhibition. Yeah. exhibition. Not ex. <laughs> look, look, about about a hundred and forty years earlier, it was even worse. Oh wait, no, that's later, right? I'm stupid. Wait, no, hold on. Earlier. No, he's, okay. he's before. No, no, yeah. Caligula's uh, before. Yeah, I didn't do yeah. these in order. I don't be the trolls. Don't, like... don't be Jerry. <laughs> or Jared from Subway. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just... Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't, saying, like, be, don't be Jerry guy. from Rick and yeah, Morty. No. Like... And then he was poisoned by his niece. His, sorry. By his niece <laughs> slash wife. Niece might be right. Roll time. Half, uh, yeah, half niece, half wife. <laughs> yeah, roll time. Let me start. <laughs> All right. Yeah, don't say the other R word there, buddy. You're going to get canceled. <laughs> but if there's one thing this did, dude did that is just... Also, for Willie... Uh, also, oh, for Willie... Sorry. Also. But if there's one thing this dude did... Okay, I'll edit around. Oh, shit, my alarm's going off. <laughs> Chris, talk. That looks oh, like me. Now he's gone. What? <laughs> what the f***? I literally didn't that do anything. Okay. What the f***? All right, do I need to jump no, out and jump didn't... back in? It's beta. Yeah. At least it's free. All right, it look like the little wavelength thing is showing my words on my end. Here's my keyboard. Ass- <laughs> she helped develop the idea, the analytical engine. And actually, I have notes to follow around, but I can't type because you guys are going to bitch about my keyboard. So I will, I will speak about <laughs> the good. actual follow around. You can mute yourself when you're have, typing. That sounds like no, it's no, a lot more effort. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but. Wasn't there a bit where there was like five popes at the same time? Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of a similar situation. I think there was yeah. a little bit less bloodshed though involved. Ah, uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> no. Are we about sure that. about that? We're talking about the church? couple of anti popes, some regular popes. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> anti popes. That's awesome. We'll definitely. Sorry, sorry. We'll definitely have to talk you, about right? the popes on another episode. Well, then I gotta go to the epic fails page. That's our fourth co-host. The keyboard. So I um one uh, so of my favorite know, emperors Chris, to talk you about. Jump in. I hate you, you, Eric. Yes, no, it's, got it's Eric. the delay. My bad. I know. Get you on your bicycle internet. and pedal this shit. Pedal faster, boy. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're working on the internet. <laughs> they're feeding the hamster now. I literally don't know anyone outside of you guys that uses Discord. I need to do it. None of my nobody else I know uses it, so I don't ever like. No one's ever like get Discord, so I need I need to just do it. Maybe it's a podcaster oh, thing. I'm on 37 podcasts, and we all use it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so right after that, we I mean, well, not right after that. Let me cut that. Oh, sorry, cut that. Sorry, yeah, a lot longer. Sorry, let me cut that. So, yeah. Okay, I'll edit the crap out of that. I'll get better at this eventually. I swear. <laughs> You're fine. Our last episode, I'll finally have it down. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here?